Welcome to the new episode of the BC Real Estate Review, a podcast that discusses the news, trends, and overall what's happening in the British Columbia real estate scene, with a primary focus in Vancouver. We want to take the view from both the real estate housing side, but also from the mortgage side. We want to provide a full overview of the real estate scene with good education, solid tips that can help you make sense of everything as you move along your own home buying journey. A recent report from the Canadian Real Estate Association has shown that home sales have continued to climb in June and prices have continued to rise steadily. Sales were up by over 15% and property prices have gone up by over 6% nationally. In Vancouver, the comparison is even more stark, where property sales have risen over 60% from where they were in mid-April. While it may seem like a long time ago, it really wasn't if you look at the overall picture. According to the CREA, the June numbers are showing a growing but cautious confidence. The market has recovered much faster than anyone would have thought and that July is looking to be even stronger. There has been huge pent-up demand which has fueled the home sales during the past month. According to TD economist Rishi Sandhi, sales levels are nearly to where they were in February and prices are down by only 0.5% compared to what they were in February. The supply of homes on the market is at a 16-year low and coupling that with the home buying frenzy, the limited housing stock will continue to decrease which is causing buyers to compete for properties. The metrics are showing that this is a seller's market. The demand for homes has not slowed down either. Prices are continuing to rise, and since government assistance is going to be starting to slow down, it seems likely that more properties will be added to the market. If you look at interest rates for mortgages, we are still at record lows, and the Bank of Canada has left the overnight rate at 0.25%, so it seems possible that the market is going to be heating up. After that initial burst, however, is where the questions lie. Since unemployment is high and population growth has slowed down, if you combine that with the CMHC measures that have been put in and the slowing down of supply of houses, there may be a softening of the market in the long run. All we can say right now is, we'll see. As the supply for houses continues to decline, there is no doubt that entrepreneurs and other savvy home buyers looking for interesting projects and opportunities will continue to develop. They're going to be looking for their dream home. I find that we always look for what is the most obvious. However, what if we look at something a little different? With that in mind, that is where all the other opportunities exist. I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Eric Inglars a civil engineer who found his skills were perfect for the real estate investing scene, land development, and finding diamonds in the rough. Eric, say hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. Thanks, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your jam? What makes you and your skills so perfect for real estate? Yeah, so I'm a civil engineer. What does that mean? So the, I'm the person that designs all the roads, all the drainage, where does the water go, sewer lines, things like that. So I'm the person, when you're driving down the road and it's flooded, I'm the person you're actually cursing. And I found that having that set of skills was perfect for land development and real estate investing. Okay, so tell me about that. So you're, if you're looking at a real estate investment, you find that your skills really fit in there. What are you looking for? I mean, like lots of people say that they have a different specialty when it comes to their uh, real estate investing. If you're a master somewhere, 
what's your what's your master move? What are you all about? Well, for me, what I'm really interested in behind all of the things I'm doing is looking from how to have people and their families present to love and abundance. That's really my why behind why I'm doing land development and real estate investing. And what I particularly look for is a little different than most people. What I'm looking for is kind of one of two things, and we'll go through one of them uh, today. So one is how do you leverage large pieces of property? And the other is what we call unbuildable land. Can you share a little bit more about what unbuildable land is? You know, what that's all about? You know, is it property with a giant rock on it? Like, how, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So most people are looking for the same properties. And you're probably in Vancouver where it's tightly dense and things like that. So you probably won't find unbuildable land in Vancouver itself. But as you move away from the city, you'll start to see there's properties that no one's built on. And if you ask people, they can't tell you why. There's an easement, it didn't perk, there's a floodplain, there's some kind of, there's a guardrail that blocks access. So there's these lots where there's something, whether it's a physical object like the big rock or a guardrail or something else that prevents you from actually building on the lot, or so people think. And most people don't know how to look at it and see that's perfectly buildable if you do these one or two things. And those one or two things require an expert, say an engineer or a soil scientist or someone like that. Can you share a little bit more about that? What are the one or two things a little bit? Like if you see a land that has an easement, and if you don't mind, share a little bit what an easement is, and then take a look and you see, okay, I can do something here. Can you share a little bit more about that process? Sure. So an easement is, all it means is someone has access on your property to do something. And there's a lot of different kinds. Many of you have seen a pipe across the middle of a property or along an edge. You may have a lot that's way off in the back, not near the road. And their access to that lot is their driveway runs on an easement on your property. So they are given the right to go up and down their driveway to their property in the back but it's actually on your property. So the second question that I heard in that was, well, what do you do about these things? You found the property and it's got an easement through the middle. Most people go, okay, can't do anything. Well, you gotta understand that the easement is giving rights to someone to do something. So you always wanna find out what is, the, what is the actual easement saying? So if it's an existing pipe that runs through the middle of the property, you're probably not gonna build a house, be allowed to build a house on top of that. That just makes sense, right? Another might be, you might have a piece of property where there's an access to someone else's lot. So there's a swath that's 20 feet wide that runs through the middle of your property. And now you go, whoop, there's an easement, stop, can't do it. But what if that particular easement, all it says is the guy's driveway, he's allowed to go up and down. And if that's all it says, that's his whole thing about the easement, you could branch off his driveway, save yourself the money of create of paying to put in your own driveway, share it, it's sometimes called a common driveway. And now this easement that would have had you walk away, now as you say, wow, I get to even save money by sharing the driveway with this guy. So that's an example of how an easement scares people 
But when you actually delve into what are they actually saying, sometimes it's really advantageous. Is it okay to share another one of those easements that normally are a stopping block for people? Absolutely. I was also going to mention like, so where do you come in in that? So share with that story. Yeah, that perfect segue into the one I was going to talk about next, which is so often an easement has a pipe in it, whether it's a gas pipe, a drainage pipe, a sewage pipe, something. And where someone like me would come in is when you look and there's a pipe and the pipe goes through the middle of the property, most people go, can't do anything about that. So where I come in is often that pipe is only there because someone put it there however long ago. What I can do as an engineer is I can create a set of drawings where the pipe comes to a point. I design a manhole to turn it 90 degrees, say, and then send it back the direction it was going. So we would actually revise the easement with whoever has the rights to that. Often it's a utility or a town or a city. But what I can do is I can actually design the pipe turning 90 degrees, which you can't. So Jordan, you wouldn't be allowed to just put a manhole in the ground and put a pipe so that it's now, instead of going straight ahead, it now goes to the right. What I would do is design the manhole, design the slopes of the pipe, all of those parts of it get approved by whoever the authority is. And now that pipe doesn't go there. So there's no purpose for the easement. You go get the easement changed. And now where you had unbuildable because of the pipe through the middle of the property, you now have a buildable lot that no one else would have been able to build on. So when I hear that, what concerns me if I was looking at something like that as a potential real estate investor is the ongoing sort of costs that would come along with it. It sounds like a bit of a cumbersome process. It also sounds like a bit of an expensive process. Is that true? And how can you kind of go around that? Yeah, often it, it can be. And when you're looking at it, that's one of the things you'll want to look at. And this is where an expert, like an engineer or someone's really handy. For a small fee, they can do that analysis and figure out if it's even worth it. Like what would be the cost estimate to do that work? If it's an unbuildable lot and no one's buying the property, sometimes you can get an option or buy the property for very little expense. So instead of paying 20,000 for the lot where there's nothing there, say, you pay 500 for the lot and the $15,000 is in moving the pipe. So it is something you don't want to do on your own. You want to get an expert, whether it's an engineer or someone else, or even the utility might do it for you. So it does cost money to do that. But if it gave you access to a property for $100,000, that either way would have cost you $20,000. What's the difference? It, it costs you about the same. You got the property for very little. And even if you just got the property and you never were able to do anything or chose not to, because people have this thing about unbuildable land, you might get the piece of property and decide to do it, do something completely different with it. Like the unobvious. If you could get a piece of property for $500 because it's unbuildable and the guy doesn't want to pay his taxes, you might be able to have that donate it to a church, take a tax write off on the value of the land of $100,000. Now you have a tax write off for all of your profits from your other projects. That makes sense. So share with me a little bit more about that and, and a really awesome story, a really cool experience where this has happened really worked so people can get a taste for what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a couple different examples I could give. The, the one that seems to happen a lot where I am is 
it's fairly dense so the lots are about maybe a quarter acre or half acre size some smaller and to drain the water there's a ditch and that ditch runs in a funny direction and the road that they designed can't go directly across over the ditch because they don't want to pay to build a bridge but it's angled funny this ditch so what I did was I was talking with basically the authority and I said well I get that there's a ditch but this is two lots it's the size of two lots if I were to subdivide it, but no one will build on it because they don't know how to get access because there's a guardrail that was installed so you don't come down the road and fly off into a big drainage ditch that's about 10 feet deep. The authorities typically frown upon big ditches without guardrails just for public safety. What I found is, well, yeah, but there's enough space if we were to cut the guardrail in half there's enough space for a driveway to go up to these two lots. And the city that I was talking to said, if you can provide documentation that for safety purposes, what you're gonna do is fine, get an engineer to produce the drawings and we'll approve it. Now, they didn't realize at the moment they were talking to the engineer who could do it. And what I did was, me and my partner, we took these two lots. So first we were able to subdivide them and I forget the exact amount we paid for it. I think it was like about $12,000 for these, basically for this lot that's unbuildable. We ended up subdividing it into two lots and we're still in the process of uh, doing the work, but I, do, I drew up the drawings, signed them as the engineer and we're gonna have the city cut the guardrail we're going to install our driveway. They allowed us to have two houses off of the one driveway. And now we have two lots on a lot that we're going to be able to sell, build houses on a lot that had been sitting there totally. Everyone's built around it. And we are going to, we're going to have two lots that we can sell out of this. And all it cost us was an engineer, which I'm not saying is inexpensive, but for $500, if it gives you access to being able to build two lots that were unbuildable, $500, $1,000, what's that number that it's like, wait a minute, I get two lots? Just If you just do the math yourself in, the, in your head, two lots, whatever you paid to do it, and then some drawings, whoever's building the houses are gonna build the driveways anyway. And all of a sudden, you've leveraged this unbuildable lot into two lots. You bought it for way below market value because person's tired of paying taxes they know they can't do anything with it and the joke is they tell everybody else it's unbuildable but it's totally buildable if you can look in a very specific way and what we found now is now that we know how to do that the city has approved this method we're looking at all the properties along this ditch that have the guardrail that no one else is thinking of or looking at. And I don't know how many opportunities will come out of just that, but now we know something to look for that was not obvious to begin with. Can you share a bit about then, if you're able to do this, you're able to get from one lot, now two lots, now potentially four lots, six lots, 10 lots, more. Can you share a little bit about what that opportunity means? And what's the potential there? Where are we going? Yeah, I, I'd love to. So a lot of what I call unbuildable lots, once you realize how to manage what's unbuildable about it, they're pretty obvious to see. So if you were to call up on the electronic maps, you'd see this same phenomena all over the place once you know to look for it. 
So those ones, when you're looking on these electronic maps, sometimes you just call up the aerial view, which shows that there's no house on a lot that's totally surrounded by houses. Often that's one of these unbuildable lots. That's the first place I look. Why is that one not built when there's a house on every single lot around it? And often it's got one of these unbuildable things, an easement, some kind of limited access due to a steep slope, a guardrail. There's no road there at the moment. There's a whole host of reasons why. And most of those reasons, an engineer, soil scientist, different people can come in, help you make it so that you're actually able to build it. What I've been doing more of is instead of taking fees for engineering work, I just say, well, I'll do the work can I have a five or 10% cut of the profits? And then later they come along when it's all sold, you know, they hand me a big check because I'm more interested in not collecting fees, but I'm actually looking to make money too. And I become partners in things. Yeah, so I'm doing a subdivision that's 21 acres. If you went to a normal engineering firm, they, they'd say, okay, you have 21 acre lot. We'll do the design, it'll cost 15,000 and we'll do all the designs and permits, whatever. A friend of mine introduced me to this team of people. And I said, well, I'll do all that. And I'll do it for less than your lowest bid. And the way that the subdivision is laid out, you have to go a long distance, about a thousand feet to get to where the lot opens up. So it's only 50 foot. It's like that easement access I was saying a little while ago. There was an easement access to put a road, but that was it until you get way in the back. Well, I said, since the road has to go this way anyhow, let's talk to this guy on this lot next to us and ask him, if we just happen to access to creating two new lots on your property, would you be willing to pay for some portion of the road? Right. And that's a whole different, bigger story of how do you start talking to people next to you and make bigger projects? So I'll just leave that one with, we're in conversations with him to have him have two lots so at no cost to him, except when we're going to build the road, he'll put money into the pot to build that road. So he has access and I'll leave it with, from talking to the neighbors and me knowing I can design a road and knowing the zoning regulations, we, we might be up to a 50 acre subdivision using four different people's properties. And so that's, that's a different conversation, obviously, Jordan. That's not necessarily because it was unbuildable. That's just from looking from, hey, I know I can design a road. I can design the road to go almost anywhere, really. There are limitations, obviously. So what if I were to put the road here? Could that guy, have an opportunity and that guy never will if i don't put my road where i put it so it's not blackmail exactly because he's not losing anything but if someone showed up on your door said hey would you be willing to pay twenty thousand dollars for helping us pay for a road and you got two lots out of that that you didn't have to pay to do anything to get the two lots are you open to a little more of the conversation we found many people of those properties most of them wanted to have a conversation at least to find out more one lady had been living there for 50 years and was like, no, I like my backyard. And he said, thank you so much for the conversation. Not a problem. Oh, and by the way, do you know anyone else nearby that may have a large piece of land? And now she's been there for 50 years. She knows the community. So that, again, I could go on for days on this recording, but so I guess we got to rein it back into unbuildable lots, but there'll be, I'm sure me and Jordan will set up some of these other conversations in, for the future. So 
if somebody else was looking into this and say they're looking around they're interested in the whole idea of unbuildable lots or unbuildable land because it feels like all the opportunities are taken now you're presenting an opportunity that has not been share with me a little bit about what kind of opportunities like that are available for other people if they wanted to start looking at for their own sort of diamond in the rough yeah so unbuildable lots is one of them and they're really easy to see in my opinion once you know what to look for so right. i'm sure i'm sure you have access to the electronic maps of all the lot lines right so if you have that and you're looking and you put the aerial on top of it or some authorities have they show where the houses are on the lots there's some things to look for one is why is there no house on that lot that should be one of the number one red flags to hey i need to investigate that one a little more and they're really easy to see because you have the lot lines you have an aerial you can see there's no house so that's about as obvious a clue as there is and then you can do a little bit of homework of well, why what's going on there now when i look at it i look from a whole bunch of different things it's one of the things that if it's okay with you jordan i'll be telling you a little more about how you can get a free report that'll tell you these things in the, like basically in a checklist on what to look for but if you look and you see it's obvious there's a no house on that lot that's a clue that something's going on there now it might be a muddy title it could be that it's already owned by another investor or something all of that's true because other people are looking for these same thing sometimes it's there's an easement through the middle of it well as we talked about most easements are not deal breakers it may cost you to relocate a pipe but if the lot costs uh, as little as it often will it's a win because you'll make more money than you spend sometimes it's just to grant access to someone else which doesn't affect you in any way like you just put your driveway where his is that's not a deal breaker in any form and because all these people see an easement they don't want to do the homework to figure out what's the easement actually saying so that's the number one place to look and another is anywhere you see big drainage ditches or pipes or anything like that and that's another often the city maps have them when they're near lots or go through lots you might want to check what's going on because sometimes people see oh there's a river here it's like yeah but that's not a stopping block either necessarily so that's another place i look is where are these big you know either drainage ditches they're much less expensive for the authority to do than piping so sometimes there's a big ditch and people go oh there's a big ditch or a steep slope well a steep slope is i love steep slopes those are the some of the best houses of all of them so i call it a walkout basement it's where you know the man cave is in the basement and the basement on three sides is in the ground and the fourth you walk out you just walk out under the land and it's about 8 10 feet lower than your main entrance and now you you build a deck over that you've got a deck that's 15 feet in the air and you're looking out on often spectacular views into your backyard or farther so a steep lot where you see the slope is steep is another one that's like it's a clue you should check on why is there no house here and those are just two of the most common things to look for easements steep slopes i guess the third is drainage ditches guardrails 
And those are the kinds of things that have people look and go, nope, not worth it. And when I see it, I go, wow, that the things we could do with that. And sometimes I do my checking and look and it's like, I don't think it's worth the amount of time and effort or my investors money. I'll pass on that one. And sometimes I'll get in a joint venture with another real estate investor or land developer or whoever and say, hey, I'm not going to use this opportunity. I just don't see the value for myself because my money is tied into over here. Do you want it? And I start developing relationships with other people. And all of a sudden they go, hey, wait, that guy was really nice to me that one time. Maybe I'll help him out this time. And then I start looking at, hey, can we pool our money together and go for even bigger things like 100 acre subdivisions or things like that and build. I'm into relationship building is one of the key things. If you're seeing these 100 acre lots at that point without getting too much into it, because let's let's leave that for the next time we chat. But what are you seeing when you see 100 acre lots? What happens then? I look from the per someone lives there already in all likelihood. What I do is I try and talk to that person. I always look from, are you open to having a conversation of what's possible here? And then we look from, well, what would benefit them? And how do I keep them in their current house? Usually people with large lots have lived there for a while or it's been in their family. So like that 21 acre lot subdivision I was talking about a little while ago, one of the property owners next door, we're in conversations, we're gonna buy it, we're gonna basically pay him to live in his own house forever. We're paying his house. We're paying off his mortgage because he has another five acres for us to develop. He just moved in six months ago. Someone shows up on his door, says, we'll pay off your mortgage on your house and the land if you let us use the land in the back. We're not even gonna build there, but we need it. I'm gonna get in a lot of details. So I'll sum it up as he's gonna let us use five lots in his backyard. We're gonna put an easement on it saying no one can build there. And because of that, we're allowed to build five lots somewhere else along our road we designed anyway. He's staying in his own house just because he happened to be in the right place at the right time, his house is being paid off. So that's where I look from with these bigger lots is stay in your house. What if we only subdivided three lots off, which to be honest is a paperwork exercise. There's no engineering to it. It's a land surveyor type thing where they carve it up. And oh, by the way, if we cut off three lots that don't impact you in any way, you're staying in your house, you're 600 feet away or 1,000 feet away anyhow, can we have one of them? We'll do all the work. When we sell them, two of them are yours, one is ours, and those two lots, you sell them and you paid for your kid's college. And that's called owner financing. That's a different, another again, a whole nother conversation or opportunity to talk with Jordan. Right, well, thank you. Do you have any final thoughts uh, to sum up and how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, I really appreciate my time with you. Is it okay to offer two free gifts to your listeners? Of course, go ahead. Great, so uh, what I've done is, I, as I said earlier, is I've created a free report for anyone who sends me a text to 980-221-9688, include your name and email, and I'll send you a report, I, I put it together with three tips for how to leverage unbuildable land and other things, kind of like what we just talked about, talking about kind of a checklist. And second, I'd like to offer anyone who sends the text and I'm setting up a group call where you can bring your questions and we'll see if we can get some of those answered. Really not so much the financial ones, but more 
those different ideas that happen to you. Everyone's got great ideas, especially when you're looking at the real world. And how could we possibly leverage that into better opportunities for you? It's amazing. I really appreciate you looking to help out others as well while you're building up your own sort of skill set and, and making your own opportunities. You want to help others as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you want to say any final things, this is your time to shine. How can people get a hold of you, Eric? Yeah, the, the easiest way will be to send a text, as I said, to 980-221-9688. And me or someone on my team will get back to you within a day or two at most. Usually it's the same day. And what I'd really like to leave people with is there are so many opportunities in real estate and land development that most people don't realize. It's in finding your niche. So that's mine. This is mine. I happen to be an engineer, so it has part of it. But if you put together a team of people and you have an engineer or someone that can do that kind of design work for you on your team, or other experts, those are the people that on your team, they'll point out things that are not obvious until you see them. And then it's like, how did I not see that? Sometimes they'll just say, look, stay away from that. You don't want any part of that. And that alone is worth, you know, you put the contract that you could opt to buy the property. And someone like me says, get away from it. It's got a transfer station where all the garbage goes is two lots away. Don't do that. So you only cost $500 save for the contract, but it saved you any more time going into it. So use experts, use create a team of people. And there's really just huge amounts of opportunity out there is what I'm seeing. And it's often not in the most highly built areas. Well, thank you very much, Eric. I really appreciate the time you sitting down with me, chatting a little bit more about unbuildable lots. And definitely we'll have you on again to talk a little bit more about the other things that you work on, like the larger pieces of land and other opportunities. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for the opportunity. I, I just, this is the stuff I love talking about. And it's great to have you. And you can really tell the passion that you have. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks, you too.